0: Episode 44, 15th of May, 2011. First Orbit and Manchester's Yuri Gagarin Exhibition. Hello and welcome to AstroTalk UK. ATUK is a not-for-profit amateur astronomy podcast produced by me, Gurubir Singh, an amateur astronomer based in the UK. For more information, see the About... And FAQ pages at www.astrotalkuk.org. Another Yuri Gagarin episode. I know the anniversary of the world's first space flight is over, but there's still lots going on over the next few months. There are two contributors in this episode Dr. Chris Riley and Richard Evans. One of the most successful projects to mark the anniversary is the film First Orbit. The only camera aboard Vostok 1 was on the inside, transmitting live pictures of Gagarin's face to the nervous engineers who anxiously monitored mankind's first experience of spaceflight. First Orbit is a remarkably accurate recreation of what Gagarin would have seen compiled from high-definition video shot from the space station. Astonishingly, this undertaking of international proportions was put together by numerous unpaid volunteers, and almost 3 million who have seen it now saw it for free. It's still available for viewing online and for download, still free. If you want to make a contribution and have a smartphone, android or iphone the first orbit app will set you back 70 pence first orbit was produced and directed by dr chris riley along with many other volunteers chances are you've already seen the film also available from the firstorbit.org website is a short but fascinating video about the making of first orbit Chris Riley talks about his next project, Orbit, but begins with how the idea of first Orbit came about.
1: The idea for first Orbit um, came to me at the beginning of 2010 when I was musing on the fact that when Yuri Gagarin had flown into space uh, in 1961, uh, he never really filmed anything of his journey in terms of the kind of views of Earth that he that he had, and I. I'd always regretted that. I mean, I wasn't born when he flew, but, you know, growing up as I did in the 1960s and early 70s when human beings were routinely flying to the moon and going into space. And I was very excited about this whole arena in human history, but always somewhat disappointed that that there wasn't more uh, archive footage of what Gagarin might have experienced. And so... Uh, In early 2010, when they installed a brand new gigantic coupler window onto the International Space Station to give us the best view that human beings had ever had of the Earth from space, I suddenly thought, you know, I wonder if we can synchronize the orbit of the International Space Station to Gagarin's original orbit and then film the whole thing again. So I wrote to the European Space Agency, uh, dropped them an email and asked, first of all, is this possible? Is the orbit of the space station similar to to the orbital flight path that that Vostok 1 first took. And the answer, after they'd done a bit of maths on it, was, well, they're not identical, but we'll cover the same ground path about every two days. But uh, there was a further complication to filming Gagarin's view of the Earth, which was that it had to be not only over the right part of the Earth, but at the same time of day. So, for example, Gagarin took off from Baikonur at seven minutes past six, Greenwich Mean Time, flew northeast pretty much over the top of the Earth, over Siberia and Kamchatka and then into the Pacific and into the night side of the Earth. And he traveled down through the night across the whole of the Pacific to emerge into the dawn light south of Argentina uh, and then to travel back through that morning light over the South Atlantic across the whole of Africa, pretty much, across Egypt, Mediterranean, Middle East, Turkey and so on and home. And those opportunities, when the International Space Station covered the same ground and at the same time of day, only happened every six weeks or so. So that was the good news. You know, it was possible to film it. And then we spent the rest of last year putting the other details into place to get the film eventually recorded at the very end of last year when ESA astronaut Paolo Nespoli, who was up on the space station for a six-month stay, managed to film at the right time of day over the right ground path to to get us the material to make first orbit. So first orbit is um, is 105 minutes, slightly short of Gagarin's original flight by a couple of minutes, but it's a, a real-time experience of what Gagarin first saw when he flew around the Earth and made that pioneering orbit back in 1961. You said the
0: matching ground track and the same time of day. What about the time of year? Presumably what you could see when you look down varies from season to season.
1: Yes, you raise an interesting point actually. Um, So obviously Gagarin flew in April which was springtime over the northern hemisphere. And, and was autumn over the southern hemisphere. And so you're, you're right that the, the look and feel of the Earth would be different, that the, the sun angles would be different at different times of year, the snow line and so on. And when I first came up with the idea in January 2010, I did wonder whether we could actually film it around April. In the end, the logistics didn't work out to allow us to do that. Um, but we filmed it in January, which, although a few weeks early, if you like, was good enough.
0: For the very first time, we were able to hear... The audio recorded live during the flight. How did you manage to get hold of that?
1: Well, we searched high and low for the um, voice recordings that um, that were made of Yuri Gagarin during his Vostok one flight. I mean, we, tantalisingly, we had the transcripts that we translated into English, so we kind of knew what he said, and there were some beautiful quotes in there. But wherever we looked, we, we just didn't come up with anything. And so in parallel with arranging the details of making the film on the space station, we we were searching all over Russia in all the, the, the kind of archives you'd expect to look. And we just didn't come up with anything. Um, I had a really excellent Russian-speaking researcher stroke producer working for me called Ea Whiteley. And she tried everywhere. I mean, we tried Roscosmos and um, the Russian State Archive initially, and and they just didn't have it. However, of course, Gagarin flew at a time before the the Russian space agency Roscosmos existed. So it was actually a military flight. So we were advised maybe we should go to the Russian military archives. And we tried to lobby them through uh, NATO. And uh, it, it was getting quite difficult and complicated. And with just a week to go, when we were editing the film... The recordings finally turned up in the Russian State Archive and um, at the very last minute and with the help of the British Council, um, we were able to um, acquire them and drop them into the film. And I'm delighted we have because I think it is the first time they've been heard in their entirety outside of Russia.
0: I think given the, you know, very short, you've got lots more to do, but in a very short career so far, you've managed to achieve so much. This will be one of the enduring films that you've made. What's your perspective on how this has been going and how it's been, the kind of feedback you've had from it?
1: It's been wonderfully positive. Even travelling at 17,500 miles an hour, you know, it still takes over 100 minutes to get get around, of which 40 minutes is in darkness over the Pacific. And it, it's a difficult watch, that, even with Philip's beautiful music and, and, and Yuri's voice occasionally popping up. So I'm really kind of thrilled that people kind of saw it for w- what it was and what it was it conceived as, which is just this real time experience of of Yuri's first first flight and um, and I'm thrilled that you and others think it might you know be around for for years to come I mean I suppose when you make a film about a particular momentous event in history then anniversaries do always tick around and 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 so hopefully this film will be used for for many years to come to remember this great moment in human history and and what yuri did for us all it's a nice feeling to have have been able to make it and for all the people who who made it happen without sort of taking any payments it's a tribute to all of us i suppose for for making these things happen what's your next project well well what um what i'd really like to do and this was the film i really wanted to make but needs more money for it is i suppose a kind of yuri gagarin legacy film if you like which is to To go and interview a, a representative proportion of the now something like five hundred and fifty human beings that have been into space and look back at the earth from more than thirty eight countries, um, I, what I really want to do is go and, you know and record on film uh, an Afghan cosmonaut a North Korean cosmonaut uh, you know uh, astronauts from from all over the world as well as cosmonauts in their native languages talking about what this life changing experience of of, of of riding into into space and above the atmosphere did for them um and so what i'm hoping to do is to try and um kind of capitalize on the buzz that first orbit has has created to try and crowdfund uh this this new film which we're just calling orbit
0: i know there's uh, the phone apps for android and the iphone so i'll certainly be purchasing one of those is there any other ways that we can help support the the work you're doing
1: Oh, well, thank you for asking, Gabir. Um, so, yes, if you're interested in supporting Orbit um, and, and other upcoming projects, then um, if you go to the First Orbit website and click on Join Us, you'll find further instructions, and I'd, I'd be delighted if anybody's interested so we can maybe make the next film together.
0: Chris Riley, thank you very much indeed.
1: It's a pleasure. Thanks for your interest, Gabir.
0: Yuri Gagarin was in Britain for five days. He spent the second one Wednesday, the 12th of July, 1961, in Manchester. A major in the Soviet Air Force, he started off his career as a foundryman. During his six hours in the city, he visited the headquarters of the Amalgamated Union of Foundry Workers in Old Trafford, the Metropolitan Vickers Engineering Plant in Trafford Park. He concluded with a civic reception in the Town Hall in Manchester. The only event in Manchester to mark the anniversary of Gagarin's visit is an exhibition at the Waterside Arts Centre in Sale, running through till 17th of August 2011. The exhibition and programme of events have been driven by the science fiction author Richard Evans. He talks about the exhibition, but starts with his current writing project,
2: project that i'm working on right now is a novel called cosmonaut zero which is uh, set in the late 1960s in the soviet union and it's the story of a young kgb agent who is tasked with finding uh, a missing soviet scientist and that leads her into this elaborate world of, of a secret space project
0: what's the connection with yuri gagarin
2: In the course of researching the book, I was lucky enough to go to Star City, the cosmonaut training centre near Moscow, because part of the book is set there. Through that, I I discovered the story of how how actually Gagarin came to Manchester. And I was uh, obviously aware that 2011 was going to be the 50th anniversary of him becoming the first person in space. And it seemed, you know, such an important event... That it had to be uh, commemorated somehow.
0: You visited whilst in the Yuri Gagarin Cosmonaut Training Centre, Star City, Gagarin's office. Can you describe yeah. that
2: for us? Yeah, it's uh, the visit I had was was a kind of, it was a look at the the old Star City, if you like, and it, it celebrated a lot of of the early achievements of of the Soviet space program. And Gagarin's office was kind of a little add-on uh, to the end of it. So they've preserved it exactly as it was on the, de- the day that he died in 1968. It's a very powerful space, you know, because you see hugely important figure in history. Uh, you see where he worked. As soon as you're in there, you're aware of, of who worked there and, and what he did. You've got uh, ordinary office furniture, a map on the wall. They, they've kept the, the clock stopped at the moment that he died,
0: in what way have you chosen to mark the visit by the cosmonaut to Manchester?
2: To celebrate the anniversary of his flight and also his visit to Manchester, I've been working with Waterside Arts Centre in Sale to set up an art exhibition. I guess because of my background as a writer and as an artist, I've wanted to look at the cultural impact as much as anything of the Garin's flight, and also the the early space program, and how it changed, you know, the way that we uh, looked at things through film, through photography, through art, because you know, imagery and movies have a very powerful effect on, you know, in terms of reaching a wider audience.
0: If I do come to the Waterside Art Centre in Sale, which is just south of Manchester, what uh, what would I see there?
2: We have a collection of vintage Soviet-era propaganda posters, all relating to the Russian space programme going right from Sputnik through to Gagarin, through to the other early uh, space travellers, you know, Valentina Tereshkova and so on. And so very striking images, as I say, original uh, works from Soviet artists. We've got um, a series of photographs that go through Gagarin's life. They come from the R.A. Novosti Photo Library. They kind of look at Gagarin as the man, the cosmonaut and the icon. Elsewise, we've got some commemorative memorabilia, uh, medals that were issued, uh, such as the an Order of Lenin, to all of the cosmonauts, including Gagarin. Uh, commemorative watches. We've got a fantastic model done by an artist called Kirsty Obard of the Vostok craft done in metal. And that's really quite striking, in addition to all that, we have there's a, another area which kind of reflects on the local connections to Gagarin. So we have some witness accounts from people who who saw him. We've got footage from Northwest Film Archive of Gagarin actually in Manchester. Another area where two two artists have created their own reflection on the Soviet space program in a film piece called Cosmodrome. So that goes r- tells the story of how the Soviet Union went from a largely agricultural nation to being a fair, uh, spacefaring nation in the space of you know 20 to 30 years so it's this it's a short film uh, telling this trajectory of of the Soviet nation itself as it grew to be a, a technological giant that it described as a show suitable for ages 8 to 88 the exhibition when did it start it opened on the 9th of april we had our launch event on the 12th of April, the, the 50th anniversary itself, and we run until the 27th of August. Now we've had an extension just because it's been so popular. 10am to 5pm, Monday through to Saturday.
0: I understand you've got a, a couple of speakers coming as well.
2: We do. Yeah, we've got the, the first event is the 23rd of May at 6:30pm, and it's a free event. And it's Chris Riley, who's the director of the film First Orbit. Uh, So Chris is coming up to talk about the making of the film and also Gagarin's effect, you know, as a catalyst for the space race, Uh, you know, the effect of Gagarin's flight. So the talk is called Gagarin and the Space Race. And as I say, that's Monday, 23rd of May at 630 at Waterside. The second event is uh, with a a chap you may have heard of, him, Gurbir Singh, a blogger and researcher. Uh, Never heard of him. Never heard of this guy. (laughs) Uh, you know, you've done a lot of wonderful uh, interviews with witnesses uh, that, and those featuring the exhibition as well. And you're going to talk about Gagarin in Manchester, so, the 28th of May, Saturday the 28th of May at 1.30. Again, it's free and everybody is welcome to come along.
0: And no doubt you have a website for further details?
2: We do indeed, yes. The website is www.gagarin50.co.uk.
0: Richard Evans, thank you very much indeed.
2: Pleasure. Nice to talk to you, Gobe.
0: Today's quote is from Yuri Gagarin, asserting his working-class roots during his Manchester visit. Although I am doing a different job now, I am still a foundry worker at heart.